Hello and welcome to the show today. I am your host and founder of Heaven to Earth, Susan Fleming, business alignment therapist equipping kingdom leadership to multiply life without burnout. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Welcome back everybody. So this week we're going to be focusing more in on thoughts and spoken words. Luke says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can know what's in your heart and what you believe by your words, your feelings, and your actions. So today, talking about that unbelief that can be there in your mind that's that's um, darkening and tainting and twisting the thoughts, right? We're going to be in Genesis 3. We're going all the way back to the beginning, to the fall, to see how does this start. Because where it originated is where it's going to show us um, what we need to to focus on to do to, um, to change it for ourselves. And I... And, that's not really what we're doing, but I don't have a better articulation for it than that at this point. Um, no, it's not something we are, we're having to do for ourselves. It's already been done. But we have to take action and participate with it, right? We have to come into agreement with it. Even though it's already true, we have to agree with it to see the manifestation of it in our life. So that's where we're focusing in today on Genesis 3. So what has just happened? The woman has been made. Okay, that's the last thing we see at the end of chapter 2. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not embarrassed or ashamed in each other's presence. Now remember... When scripture was originally written, we didn't have the chapter divisions, okay? So it goes straight into, they're both there together, okay? I'm going to point that out, they're both there together. And then it, and then chapter 3 starts, Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. Stop right there. God made him. And pointing this out to you because all of creation is under our feet. You have the power and authority over creation. Satan, the serpent here, is a created thing. You're over him. I really want that to start sinking in. If that's something that you need to write in your I don't easily receive column, <laughs> put that down. Because I think what happens is we can hear it so much that we're just like, yeah, yeah, I know. And we haven't really moved into agreement with it and put it in our belief system that this is truth. That he is under me and he has no power over me. So I want to point that out right there. It says, um, you know, the Lord God made the serpent. Satan is a created being. He is under you. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from every tree of the garden? What is he doing? Did God really say? Right? He's starting to plant those seeds of doubt and get the woman to question. What did God actually say? How often do we do this when we hear God give us a word and we start moving in that direction? 
and then we start questioning, you know, when it, let's say it gets hard, an obstacle comes up, and we go, okay, wait a minute, did, did God really tell me to go this way? Because it shouldn't be this hard. Right? Well, nowhere does it say our road isn't going to be hard. Just because He called you to it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But you can still see how Satan, even today, is planting those seeds of doubt and weaving that in as you're working your business and you're heading in that direction of where God told you to go. When you stop and go, did God really say that? Right? You're questioning. I'm not saying you're in unbelief. Right? But that's that's when, and maybe that really is even your own question. But Satan hears it and sees the end to come start poking his way in the door, right? And that's um, where we talk about giving, giving him a foothold, giving him a place to get in. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. And when the... Okay, so let me stop right there. So what has he done? This is why he's so crafty. He's made several statements. Only one of them is a lie. That's how he gets into us. His lies are always wrapped in truth. They're always wrapped in truth. What's true? Um, their eyes will be open. That's true. Right? You will be like God. That's the lie. They're already like God. They were made in his image. We are made in his image. We're already like God. Right? But that's the lie, he says, is that you will be like God. And then knowing the difference between good and evil, another truth. But what, what doesn't happen here is she doesn't say, well, I don't need to know the difference. <laughs> right? Because that's, the truth of it is, they did not need to know the difference. That's why God had not provided that knowledge. They didn't need to know it. So Satan, But Satan took it. Do you see what he did there? Is he wrapped that lie up in some truth and disguised it? And deceived her into believing something different than what God said. See, Satan knows that you have the power over him. He knows he, he, he has no authority over you. So what he has to do is to get you to use your own power and authority against yourself. To take your words and twist them. Take God's words and twist them. Because he knows in a straight up fight. He's losing every time. He has no authority over you. He can't make you do anything. So he uses deception to come in and turn you against yourself. Right? He gets you telling yourself, I'm not worthy. I'm not going to be successful. I don't deserve success. I shouldn't have those things. It's unspiritual to make money and be successful. Right? He plants those seeds. So that you don't move forward in your authority and power and uses it against you to stop you from what God's called you to do. So what's that question here? 
is our belief about what God has said. Right? It's it's not a it's not a question of good and bad or yeah, good and evil, right? It's a question of do I believe what God says or do I not? Because the sin that happened, the fall that happened here was in the unbelief. It wasn't the behavior. Right? It wasn't it wasn't the thing that she did. It wasn't her reaching out for the fruit. It happened at the point when, in her own mind, she says, I don't know, did God really say? And then she acts on that thought, right? Everything starts as a thought. So she has the thought, I'm not sure, what did, what did God really say? And she starts believing the word of the serpent, right? That seed that he plants grows very quickly. She takes it in. She receives it in. It grows. And then she acts. Right? The garden's full of trees. The garden is full of trees. We don't even know. Like, hundreds, thousands. I don't know how big the garden was. But it's the most beautiful place on earth. And I know that because God created it for them. It has everything in it that she needs. God offers us everything in abundance. The entire world, all of creation, under our authority, under our feet, in our domain. That's what he put us here for, to have dominion on the earth. You were not made for heaven. You were made here and made for here. The whole theology of, oh, everything's going to be better when I die. You're putting your faith in dying. Death is our enemy. That's another lie of Satan. Oh, everything will be better after you die. (laughs) It doesn't have to be that way. You were made for here. We're going to end up here. We're going to live here. Right? When the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem is coming down out of the sky, coming on the clouds, where is it coming to? Earth. It's coming to earth. We're, we're here, people. Okay? <laughs> we're going to be living here. So he's already given us everything that we need to be here and live here and be his ambassadors on the earth and to manifest heaven to earth. Right? That's what an ambassador does it takes um the thing the culture and the language and you know the food and the what does culture include food language um you know the style of dress the whatever right that culture of heaven is to come with us be manifested down through us we are ambassadors citizens of heaven living on earth And I'm getting totally off topic here. So, let me refocus. God has offered us, and God offered them, everything in abundance. They're over creation. They have dominion there. They have have free reign over everything on the earth, in the garden, right? Yet, what do we believe? What do we believe? We believe that as Christians, our world is just so small compared to what the world has. 
right? When you look through the lens of Christianity being a moral code, your world gets very small because you get so focused in on these are my lists, these are my rules, my do's, my don'ts, my shoulds, my shouldn'ts, my can'ts, I can't do that, I can't have that, I can't be with that person, I can't, I can't, I can't. But that's not God. That's a religion. And Satan uses that to bring our focus down so small and we feel so constrained. We focus our world down to this tree of knowledge of good and evil. And it fills up our world into the point that it pushes out our understanding of God's abundance so that we don't see it anymore. We don't see the abundance of the kingdom that he's given us. So in verse 6 it says, When the woman saw the tree was good, suitable, pleasant for food, it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise. What's happening here? What's happening? She's using her free will, right? To make a choice, to decide for herself. God said I shouldn't eat it, but in my own judgment, I think I should. And so what does she do? She took of his fruit and ate, and gave also to her husband, and he ate. Now what I notice about verse 6 is the detail that we're given. The detail with which the story is told. Anytime I see this amount of detail, <laughs> it gets my attention. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is he Why is he zooming in on this, right? So what's the process she's going through? She saw it. She thought about it. She reasoned it in her mind. What is that? What is the mind? Soul. Right? Not spirit. The spirit doesn't reason. The spirit operates in truth. She reasoned it in her mind and decided for herself that it was good for food, provision. Remember last, last week, the last teaching we talked about um, what does the masculine provide? What does God the Father provide? Provision, protection, and our positioning, our identity, right? So she decided it was good for food, that's provision, pleasing to the eye, that speaks to protection, okay, that doesn't look threatening, right? And it's desirable for wisdom, that speaks to her, her position and her identity, right? If she's, if she's having the thought, oh, it's desirable for wisdom, she's saying, I don't have that thing, I don't have that wisdom. I need to go outside of myself to reach for something to get that for myself. Right? So that would be her identity. So then what? She took it and she ate it. She reached out. She strived for something she thought she didn't have. And this is what we're doing every moment of every day. Is we're deciding. We're choosing. Is what God says actually true we're choosing which tree we're going to eat from right when you are 
you know, you're working your business and you're and you start having thoughts, I need clients, I need clients, I need clients. Do you go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and reach out and strive and say, well, I need to go get those things for myself. I need to go in all these groups and I need to post in all these places and I need to be on all the different platforms because I need clients. Do you hear the desperation? Do you hear the striving? I need that. I need that. I need that. I don't have it. Right? That's you trying to provide for yourself. When you go to the tree of life, you're saying, God, you are the source, and I'm going to partner with you and work with you so that you can bring those things to me. I'm going to show myself trustworthy of you giving those things to me. And you can sit there. And so both people can be doing the exact same thing. Right? Both people can be posting in groups every day. Both people can be on Facebook. Both people can be on Instagram. Both people can be doing the same actions, but one of them is reaching for themselves and the other one is at rest. The other one is saying, I'm in God. I'm at rest in God. He is my source. He is my provision. I don't have to provide those things for myself. I'm partnering with him, and I'm going to do the activities that we've decided that I'm going to do together, right? You decide with him what activities will be fruitful, which ones won't, what do I want to do, what am I drawn to, what am I not drawn to, right? There's so much freedom of choice here. And so you decide with him, okay, this is the plan, this is what, I'm, what we're going to do. And you can go through your day doing the same activities as this person over here. But you're at rest knowing that what you're doing is not what brings the clients. Your clients coming to you is not dependent on your activity. This is the key that a lot of y'all need to get. God is the source. God, and when I say source, capital S, that's originator, okay? He is the originator of provision, protection, your position in the kingdom, your identity. That's what's a question. Who does he say you are and do you believe it? Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about me or any of my guests, all of the links are in the description below the video. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share it on all your social pages. Until next time, remember that you have the power to multiply life without burnout.